writing to the Philippians here, and he is going to um, urge them with some commands, but I believe there's truth here that also shows us how to follow these commands and how to understand and how to follow. There's a lot in our world today that talks about mental health, and I think mental health is a very real thing. It's a very important thing. I myself have been in a place of great mental health and in a place of not so great mental health. And our mind is a part of our body. And I think the mind and the heart are the bridge between the body and the soul. And the body influences the heart and mind and the soul influences the heart and the mind. And some of the actions that we take in our spiritual life can have a direct effect on our mental health. And so uh, we're going to read Philippians 4, verse 4, down through verse 7. And if you're able to stand for the reading of God's Word, do so, if you're able. And we'll read Philippians 4, verse 4, through verse 7. And the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's have prayer together. Pastor Jeremiah, would you pray for us, please? Amen. Please be seated. If you were with us last week, we talked about two people, Eodia and Syntyche, and these were two ladies in the church that had a problem with each other. And I'm sure at some point in your life, you have had a conflict with another person. These were two ladies in the church, and Paul had to write to them and to say, you need to get along, you need to be of one mind, of one heart in the Lord. And you know, I don't know if you've experienced this in your life yet, but when your spirit and your soul is not in a good place and you're full of fear, you're full of worry, you're maybe worn out and frustrated and you just know that in your spirit and your heart you're not at peace and you're not settled, it is much easier to start or to continue conflict with people. Um, When your heart is full of joy, when you're at a place of peace, when you know that God is with you and you have that awareness of his presence, it's much easier to be at peace with those around you. And Paul writes to this church and he tells them some things that it, it overlaps with a number of areas. It overlaps with the fruit of the Spirit, with mental health, with choice. And I just want to point out, verse 4 says to rejoice in the Lord. Verse 5 says the Lord is at hand. Verse 6 says, let your request be made known to God. Verse 7 says, the peace of God shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Every one of these verses makes a connection to God himself. A connection to God himself. And if I could just remind each one of us here, you were created by God. God made you. God gave you life. He gave you the body you have and the spirit you have. He's the one that created you. And he's the one that knows you like no one else. 
And Paul tells these, these Philippians, he says, you need to get your joy in your Creator. You need to get your peace from the One who gave Himself for you. you and and as, as humans, and also as believers, these verses point us to where true peace and true joy come from. Rejoice in the Lord, he says. I just want to say as we get started that there are things that our world tells us will make you happy. Now, let's, let's maybe do an example that all these kids on this row can understand. And we have kids on other rows, too. All the kids could understand this one. How many of you have ever, ever had a Tootsie Roll? All right. Now, how many of you here would say, of all the candy in the world, a Tootsie Roll is my favorite, favorite candy. Of all candies, I would pick Tootsie Roll. Anybody? Now, there's an easy girl to please right there. Because she is pleasing. That's your favorite candy ever? Okay. There's a reason all these other kids didn't raise their hand. And that's because Tootsie Rolls are not their favorite candy, right? I'm guessing you have some other favorite candies, right? Let's raise your hand and name one. We'll just, what's your favorite? Starburst. All right. Matthew, what's yours? Ring Pop. Swedish Fish. Back there. What is it? Skittles. Okay, Skittles, yeah. And what I'm trying to say between these candies is that if you have tasted a Skittle, or if you have tasted a Starburst, I'm sorry, but except for Samara, a Tootsie Roll just doesn't cut it. It's, I mean, you have tasted of this, and you say, you know, a Tootsie Roll is a Tootsie Roll, but I have had better, I have had something that is on a whole nother plane than a Tootsie Roll, right? And I think as we, as we go through life, I hope we come to realize that there is the peace and the joy and the contentment that comes from God himself. And then there's what this world has to offer us. And it says, oh, you can be happy with this. You, you can be happy with this. Uh, this will bring you joy. Th this will bring you peace. And, you know, there's all sorts of things the world would offer us. You know, money will make you happy, right? That's a common one. If you have lots of money, you'll be happy. If you have... Uh, you know, a really nice girlfriend or a really good spouse, that will make you happy. And, and our world says that we can find joy and peace and happiness in things other than God. Now, I'll be first to admit that I take some happiness and joy from my family, and I am thankful and, and pleased that I have money in my bank account. It's not as though these things are zeros or nothings, right? But what, this, what the Bible shows us is that when we have tasted the joy and the peace and the goodness that comes from God, that nothing else can compare to it. And so Paul tells these Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Can I just be clear that the Bible tells us we can always rejoice in the Lord? Always. There's always a way that we can rejoice in the Lord. We always have a reason to rejoice in the Lord. Now, other things... Sometimes they give us joy and sometimes they don't, right? I have taken joy in cars before, and there's other times in my life where cars did not bring me any joy at all. You know, like when they're broken down on the side of the road, right? That car is not bringing me any joy. But the Lord is someone who is always the same, always present. His goodness, His faithfulness, His mercy is always ours. And so I can always take joy in the Lord. There's never a time that I can't. You say, what if someone dies? What is it, how can you rejoice in the Lord if someone, if someone dies? Well, I can, I can be sorry that someone has, di has died, and I can even weep over that. But still, in another portion of my heart, I can have a joy of the Lord. 
It doesn't mean that we don't experience other things and we're just kind of in some cloud. But it does mean that we can find some joy. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Who are you expecting to make you happy? Is there, is there someone in your life where you say, if this person was just better, if they were different, if they would try harder, whatever it is, then I would be joyful. Question, you know, that person may or may not do what you want them to do, right? Have we been there? People don't always do what we want them to do. But you know who always does what he should do? And that's the Lord. His goodness, his mercy, it is unchanging. And so when we, when we try to say, I, ha- I will not be happy until, and we place the condition on something in this life and some person and something around here, we are sooner or later setting ourselves up for failure and for an emptiness. But the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. When we get to the end of these verses, which may not be tonight, um, I, I want to talk about some application of how do we do this, all right? How do we put this into practice in our life? Um, it sounds really good on paper, doesn't it? I mean, it's just like, oh, yeah, I should do that. I mean, this is great. It's in the Bible. Rejoice in the Lord always. But I want to say that if the command is given to us, then there's always a path to get there. There's always a way to get there somehow or another. And sometimes it's maybe a little bit of a process, but God is leading us to a place where we can obey his word where we can understand and believe and live out the truth of Philippians 4.4. To take joy in the Lord means to find Him something that brings you joy. That sounds kind of obvious, right? But what I'm saying is you have to see Him enough and you have to hear him and you have to look at him and you have to know him in a way that brings you joy right and for some I think they they have an idea of Jesus or maybe a caricature of Jesus and some people think of God as someone that is out to get them or a God that maybe cut them short in creation and didn't make them as strong or big or beautiful or wealthy as the next person and so they look at God as someone that kind of robbed them. And I, if, if I could just say that if this is how you see God and Jesus, you're seeing the wrong picture. And you're not going to find joy in that. You're, you're going to find disappointment with the, those ideas. But for what, when we see him for who he is, and I guess my, maybe, maybe a great prayer for us is maybe you're sitting here and you say, Pastor John, I do not find joy in the Lord. I don't. I, I, am, I feel empty inside. I feel like I'm not happy in the Lord. And so I read the verse and I just feel a big disconnect. Well, how about we pray a prayer like this? Lord, I need to see something more of you so I can take joy in you. Because I know, I know by faith and by the scripture that there's enough in you to bring joy in me. And if I'm not seeing it right now. So dear Lord, would you help me to see you? Would you help me to understand something I don't understand about you? Or be reminded of a truth I've forgotten? so that I can take joy in you. Let me take another application on this. Our lives tell where we take our joy from. And people around us, they, they know if we are joying in the Lord or not. Um, especially those closest to us, right? Probably, <laughs> probably the toughest place to really test that is on church at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. 
because we come in with our best face, you know, and I, there's, there's some, some good sides to that, right? We shouldn't come in with our worst face on. But, but, um, but, you know, throughout the week, the people around us, do they say there's someone that has joy? There's someone that is happy in their God. Someone who's not happy in their God will go looking for something else. They'll go searching for something else to find their joy in. As a Christian, we take joy in the Lord, first and foremost. And then any other part of life that brings us joy, we rejoice in that too. We embrace that. We take joy in our family or our job or whatever possessions God has given us. And that is fine. But we take it in light of who it's from. We take it with Him at the center, with Him as our joy. Paul has to say, and again I say rejoice. He, he emphasizes it. It's very important to him. It's very important to them. He also, um, in 1 Thessalonians, he said, rejoice always. And that's pretty similar to what he says here. Rejoice in the Lord always. Um, there he just says rejoice always. Here he says in the Lord. I'm going to do verse uh, 5 and then we'll stop tonight. This next verse says, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And he's, I, I believe he's laying out different aspects of the soul and of the mind and the heart. And he's urging these believers in these different categories to have their soul in the right place and, and to have a settledness with, with their God. And so he, he commands them, and it says, let your moderation, which almost makes it seem like it's permit, you know, allow your moderation to be. But it's actually a third person command. So he, this is a, a duty, it's a command. Let your moderation be known to all men. Now, when we think of that word moderation, it's, it's a tough word to translate, okay? I mean, when I was studying, I was getting all sorts of words and descriptors, and I'll, I'll read some of them. But in our day and time, when we think of moderation, we think of like too much, like there's enough and there's too much. And so moderation is kind of like not too little, not too much, right in the middle. And people say things like, you know, you need to drink in moderation, quote unquote. Um, or they'll say, you know, if you're hitting the buffet for the fourth time, somebody might say, have some moderation, right? Well, the verse, I, I don't think it's, it's teaching us about uh, too much or too little of something, okay? It's really this idea, and let me give some of these words, it's this idea of gentleness, forbearance, patience, graciousness, um, unwilling to retaliate, forgiveness. Um, one person called it big-heartedness. Um, Tyndale, who was the first one to bring the Bible into English from the Greek, he called it softness. And it's this idea, and I was thinking about this, it's, it's a heart that is not lashing out. It's a soul and a spirit that treats others with a big heart and with tenderness. And, and he says, let all people around you see that you have this heart. And Christian, you should be known not for your loud mouth or for your strange ways or for, you know, the other things that a person could be known for, but we need to be known for our hearts. And our hearts shine through. And there are seasons or occasions where we, where we really blow this and we think, oh my goodness. But he says, let your moderation be known to all men. And there's a progressive element too, that as we grow in Christ, we get to have his heart more and more. 
And he's saying, all the people around you, let them see your soul. Let them see your spirit. Can I be honest? There have been some seasons in my life where I didn't want anyone to see my spirit. I was hiding it, and I was putting on the fakeade, and I was just, you know, wanting everyone to just imagine that they, you know, that I was a good guy. But I knew if I really opened up my heart that it wouldn't be a good look for anybody. And Paul says, you know, let this big-heartedness, this patience, this kindness, this graciousness, let it be known to all men. Again, as we look at verse 5 and look at verse 4, I think they all do kind of hook together in that he says the Lord is at hand. And the Lord being at hand means the day of the Lord's coming is near. And all throughout history, the coming of Christ has been at hand ever since he ascended to heaven. He said, I will come again. And when he comes again, as believers, we will stand before the Lord. And there will be an examination. And you know, the Bible even says that those who are merciful will obtain mercy. And I don't know about you, but when I stand before the Lord, I want him to be merciful with the way he measures my life. And the Bible says if we want to receive mercy, we need to extend mercy. And he says the Lord is at hand, so let your moderation be known to all men. Christ could come at any time. Ultimately, ultimately, let, let me just say that to, to have proper joy, to have proper big-heartedness, to not be anxious, verse 6, and to have peace, which we'll get to next week, to have these things, that we, can't just, we can't just be like, okay, I'm just not going to be anxious anymore. I'm just going to be peaceful. We can't just speak it into existence, okay? It's not how Christianity works. It comes from God. And it first comes, our first taste of all these things come when we receive Him as our Savior, when we receive Him for our own forgiveness. And the Bible teaches that we're actually separated from God and God reached, He, he bridged that gap by sending Christ to us. And many times in religion or in certain churches, people seem to think that the gap between God and man is by man jumping over towards God. And it's, you know, doing better, trying harder, going to church, and they think that they can bridge the gap over to God. But that's not at all the way it works. And the Christmas story tells us that Christ came to us. He came to our humanity. He came to our broken world. And the Bible says He lived the perfect life and He took our sins upon Himself. And He died on the cross. And, you know, as we think about Christmas and this season, Christmas brings up joy, doesn't it? Joy to the world, the Lord has come, right? Great joy to all people, it says, the angels said. The, the Christmas story brings up peace multiple times. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, right? And the Christmas story is about Jesus coming to us in our broken, sinful condition and taking our sin on Himself and dying on the cross. And so the way to taste of these things is first to receive Him, to receive Him as our cleansing and as our forgiveness. Uh, I, I can't remember who said it first, but it's a really good statement. They said, the only thing that I contributed to my salvation was the sin that made it necessary. And salvation is about receiving forgiveness. It's not about earning it, being good enough. And in fact, the Bible actually tells you, you have to, you have to understand that you're undeserving in order to receive it. And uh, the day I was saved, I was an undeserving sinner headed to hell. 
And the day, if you've been born again, that day you were an undeserving sinner headed towards hell. But as we receive Christ, we receive forgiveness. And I, I, I will never forget the night I was saved. I was driving home. And I remember looking up at the stars. We lived out in the country. It was a dark, dark night. And there was the stars. And they were beautiful. You know, in Charlotte, you can't hardly see the stars. It's tough. But I was looking up at the stars. And I remember this peace in my heart. A peace like I had never had before. And I knew that I had been forgiven. God was not mad at me in the least because my sins were cleansed. And that night, for the first time in my life, I experienced true peace. And now I live with some degree of peace all the time. Uh, some days it's a whole lot of peace. And other days it kind of wanes a little because I get my mind all else around. But I live in peace. And so it is with joy and with all these other things that, is that they first come to us as a gift, as a part of salvation. And then we can live in them and grow in them. So uh, there's a lot more we can talk about application. But the first point of application is receiving Christ and knowing him as our forgiveness. Well, I guess it means you'll have to come back to hear verse uh, 6 and 7. Um, these are scriptural truths that will anchor us in our mind, in our heart, and our soul. And these are things we grow in and we learn in, and the Lord will help us. Let's pray together. I thank you, dear Lord, for these two simple verses we looked at tonight. Rejoicing in you. I pray that we as your children will take joy in you. Help us to walk with you and to see you and to see how wonderful you are. And may it fill our souls with joy. May we walk in the joy of the Lord. I pray that we will not send a mixed signal, but rather we would be carriers of your joy. Help us in this area of moderation, of, of being limited in payback and vengeance and and rather being gracious and big-hearted and patient and just a person whose spirit is under control, a meek and mild person. I pray that we would be delivered from harshness and impatience and anger. These things that so easily crop up, Lord, help our spirits that we would live as you lived and that we would have your spirit and your attitude. I pray that you will draw all people to yourself, first in saving faith, receiving a full and free forgiveness, and then to walk in and to glory in and grow in all these things that you give. So we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we have some prayer sheets. We will distribute them, and uh, we will...